today on Locked On A's. You guys wanted more Sean Murphy trade rumors, so uh, let's do that. And then also, where are the A's new signees going to be playing? When are they going to be playing? Let's get into it, you guys. You are Locked On A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. How's it going, A's fans? And welcome to episode 505 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke. And on today's show, we're talking about Trade Murphy and the destinations that he could end up with uh, or at because uh, that's that was a question that I got on social media. So follow us on social media, and I will answer your questions as well. Uh, so we're going to talk about some of those uh, ideas. And uh, I, I got a new Guardians trade thing to talk about real quick uh, in part of the first segment. I'm not going to make an entire show out of it like I usually do. No, no, no. One segment. We're going to cover all the Sean Murphy news in one segment for you guys, and we're going to do it up top. Uh, but then, coming up after that, we're going to talk about Jace Peterson, Aledmus Diaz, and Ryan Noda. And uh, where they fit in on the 2023 A's roster. Noda's not necessarily guaranteed a spot, but uh, I, I think that he's going to be on the opening day roster. He has a good chance. So uh, we're talking about all that stuff for you guys today. But before we get into anything, thank you so much for making Locked On A's your first lesson of the day. We're free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube. So go to YouTube, where you can now see both of the doors behind me. I moved the chair that was blocking me and forcing me to just face the wall. And now there's two doors. Ah, look at where I live. <laughs> Don't look too closely. Uh, but uh, also make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I have a by Jason B on Twitter. Check out Inside the A's for more A's news, insight, and analysis from yours truly. It's an affiliation with Sports Illustrated. It's a good time. Uh, you can also follow Inside the A's on Twitter and on Facebook. But with that, let's get into the Sean Murphy trade saga. Um, so we have officially, as I'm recording this, passed a full week in time since MLB reported, or one of the MLB reporters uh, reported, that Sean Murphy was close to being traded and the Braves were believed to be the front runner. And since then, I have heard nothing about the Braves. And also, I think that he uh, uh, said that, that they weren't in the discussions anymore. Uh, and also, he's still with the A's. So I'm, I'm going to need somebody to give me a definition of close because that would be helpful because it's been a week. I mean, in the grand scheme of time, sure. I guess like anything that happens in our lifetimes is close. My, my birth will be very close to my death in the span of time, but in the span of trading Sean Murphy away, not very close. That's all I'm saying. Anyways, uh, so with all of that and the, the winter meetings behind us and the Cardinals signing uh, Wilson Contreras, People are wondering, uh, is he going to be on the A's next year? Uh, and by people, I mean A's fans are wondering, is he going to be on the A's next year? Because uh, that, that asking price is high. And uh, I there's one team, we've talked about them before, the Guardians, that make the most sense. They they are a, a great fit for Sean Murphy. They need him. We need everything that they got. Um, I also think that the A's might have to let up on the, the asking price a little bit to make it happen, but... 
they make the most sense. I'd be happy to see him in Cleveland and not like New York or other teams that I don't like. Um, even the Giants. No, the Giants. No, I don't want him on the Giants. I, I'm okay when they sign other guys from other teams. I don't want to see my guys on their team. That's still a sticky subject. Okay, good. I do have hatred for the Giants in my heart still. That's That makes me feel nice because when they were close to signing Aaron Judge, I was like, I was kind of hoping for that because then I could go like watch him and then I could bring like the, the little kid and I could go be like, hey, look, there's Aaron Judge. We get to see one of the best players in baseball. That's that's fun. As opposed to like waiting for once a year, I could go like one of 81 times. That would be sweet. Um, so I, I, I feel good that I know that I don't want the Giants to still have nice things. Uh, maybe if uh, the A's keep not doing anything, we'll talk about the Giants and how uh, they're not getting any hatred for not doing much of anything. They, they signed Mitch Hanniger. Cool. Are they a good team now? No. They're, they're still not great. So wh where's their hatred? I, I know that we're going to talk about Sean Murphy here in a sec, but I got to talk about one other thing. And this is an article on The Athletic by Jim Bowden. Take that with a grain of salt. Um, and he gave the A's an F on their offseason so far because they lost the the draft lottery and by loss that they moved down four spots so that was their fault obviously and that uh, also for the cardinals not uh, meeting their asking price for sean murphy that that that's why they got an f from jim bowden so that felt like just really trying to i gotta dunk on the a's right now and i don't know they, they made a couple of signings to kind of make sense for this team but uh they're they're the a's so dunk um, that was a dumb, dumb piece, I, I must say. I think the, I, I skimmed it. I think the A's are the only team that got an F. And they actually made a couple of good signings, which we'll talk about here in a second, uh, that made sense for the team and fit kind of what they're doing. But yeah, dunk. Uh, but let's talk about Sean Murphy. We, we've been jerking around for a while now. Let, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about Sean Murphy. The... Teams that makes or that you know have been linked to Sean Murphy in trade discussions have been the Twins, the Padres. The Padres are going after everybody, and maybe they want to you know save a little bit of money. So, do they still have prospects? I assume so, but do they want to trade them? I don't know. Uh, the Diamondbacks, who we talked about last week, uh, the Guardians, who make the most amount of sense, that and then the Giants. That those are the teams. I don't want the Giants. Meh. Um, the Twins. I don't think that they have the things that the A's are looking for. Uh, you know, a lot like uh, some of the other teams that we've dismissed a little bit. Uh, like, uh, the Cubs kind of make sense if you do, like, one specific trade. Uh, the Astros don't really make a lot of sense because they're doing stuff. Uh, but, yeah, uh, the, the Twins kind of need... They're, they're running a, a very... They're on a tightrope right now, and they need the guys at the Major League level, uh, I think, uh, to have success. And so if you're moving any of those guys, then all of a sudden they're not going to have success. Uh, like... The A's can't get any pitching from the Twins because the Twins need their pitching for themselves. So there's that. Um, so the Guardians make the most sense. They have talent at both the major league level that is accessible and also at the minor, the high minor league level too, uh, like George Valera. We'll talk about that trade here in a second. A uh, couple of other possible um, you know, landing spots that could jump into the fray here. Uh, the Milwaukee Brewers, which uh, that, that is a team that uh, Lindsey Crosby of MLB Prospects mentioned as a as a deep sleeper pick uh when he was on two three weeks ago uh so check out what what he said about that but uh i could see them looking for an upgrade their catcher victor caratini is going to be hitting free agency at the end of this season or the 2023 season 
and uh, he's owed like $2.8 million. So he's, you know, they, it really depends on what direction the Brewers are going, I think, which would determine whether or not they would be in on John Murphy. If they still want to, you know, keep going, sure. But uh, I, I don't know that they do. I think they might be going for like a little bit of a reshuffling right now. And uh, maybe they, you know, push some cards on the table, but maybe they want to, you know, get their prospects up, let those guys go uh, and, you know, build around them. I don't know. Uh, speaking of the Brewers, uh, Dominic Catronio, Vince Catronio's son, is going to be on the podcast on tomorrow's episode talking about Jace Peterson and the Brewers, and we're just going to, you know, talk about some stuff. Hopefully, we get an embarrassing story about Vince Catronio. That'd be great. Uh, I'm going to give him, uh, one of my questions is going to be, uh, let me know something about Jace Peterson that you have not told your dad and that you will not tell your dad because that is exclusive information for Locked On A's. Uh, so tune in tomorrow to uh, see and hear Dominic Catronio talking about Jace Peterson and some of the, you know, what, what the Brewers are up to. And maybe we trade Sean Murphy to the Brewers. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see where the discussion leads us. Uh, but another team that could also be involved here uh, potentially would be the Yankees. I don't know that they got Jose Trevino and he was an all-star and he was a gold glover and you know, blah, 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 blah. Sure. I guess, um, he was also below league average offensively. So he wasn't a silver slugger. Like, I don't know, some catchers or silver slugger finalist. Let, let's be clear. Um, and also that Sean Murphy was a gold glove finalist. So, uh, yeah, I think that he would be an upgrade by roughly 30% with the bat. Uh, and he also does all the things that Jose Trevino does defensively. So that would be a, a reason that the Yankees might want to go after him without having to spend a lot of money because they are spending so much money right now. Uh, do I want to trade with the Yankees? No. Uh, could I see the Yankees wanting to, you know, have some Frankie Montas insurance by bringing in his old catcher and uh, being like, hey, uh, we, we fixed you, Frankie. You better not go mess this up right now. Uh yeah, I could see that being a reason the Yankees go and trade like Jason Dominguez uh, of guys, uh, and, you know, just one of their top prospects uh, to the A's so that they have a, a better shot in 2023. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, they're, they're not going to trade Volbe to the A's, I, I would imagine. But maybe, you know, Peraza, the, the guys that we talked about last summer, maybe one of those guys would come to the A's this time around. <laughs> I don't know. And probably also Glaber Torres because uh, Yankees fans have been trying to get rid of him for a while. And uh, the A's, sure, why not? Although, we're going to talk about it here in a second, uh, the A's have lots of other second base options now. So, I don't know that they necessarily need Glaber Torres anymore. But let's talk just real quick about a another version of a Guardians trade that I think would work for both sides. Um, I will be up front. Baseball Trade Values, the website, which is, you know, used as a tool, not as gospel. Um, it, it has this value favoring the Guardians. I'll be upfront with you on that. But I think that from, you know, my perspective, uh, there's a lot of upside on this. And those trade values or the, 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 the worth. Eh, that's a weird word. Uh, the value of the players coming from the Guardians to the A's uh, has the potential to go up a lot. So... Currently, sure, but as you develop these guys, the A's could come out so far ahead in this deal. So, that's up front. Uh, but, obviously, you got George Valera. I think that he would be the centerpiece of any of these deals that the A's would have with the Guardians. I've said that before. I'm sticking with that. George Valera. That's the one. Uh, the, the Guardians have also said that they do not want to trade any of their top three pitching prospects. Uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and call uh, BS on that one. I'm going to go ahead and let them trade me Bisbee. Uh, who is the second of three 
pitching prospects that they would not want to trade. Um, he's good. His trade value is all right. Uh, he he has a lot of good pitches. He has a good fastball. He had a really good season in Double A last year, and uh, I I want him. I want him of the of the three guys. I want that guy. Uh, also, and then the, the, those are the two main pieces. It'd be those two guys essentially that the Guardians would be trading. And then uh, there's Morris, uh, Cody Morris, who we talked about in the previous trade scenario. I liked him. Cody Morris is good. Uh, his trouble or his problem is that he has had an issue staying healthy. And that is something that the A's can hopefully fix. They just give him some Jed juice, and then all of a sudden he's healthy for an entire season. Boom! It's a great trade piece. If, he, if he's healthy and on the field, he is very productive and would be a steal for the A's, I think. And he was offered to the A's in the, the trade that Jeff Ellis sent over, so I like that idea. Uh, also, Will Brennan, who was an outfielder, he played like 15 games with the Guardians last year. Um, he hit over 300. He was solid. He Nothing like crazy. He was also the, the Guardians, or is the Guardians, uh, number 20 prospect, I believe. So he's not like a super high prospect, but... He does not strike out. He struck out like under 10% of the time in 150 pitches seen at the major league level. He makes contact, and he did that in the minors as well. He is ridiculous, and uh, I think that he could be interesting. He's an interesting guy, but Valera and Bisbee, I think that if they lower the asking, the, the guy, the other two pieces, I think that they could go higher on the other, you know, with uh, basically getting Bisbee as opposed to getting like Rochio and uh, some other guys. So... That's my trade proposal now. Uh, it favors the Guardians by about 10 points. It's not necessarily close, but I think that it could be a real big win for the A's because you got two pieces that are not likely going to hit because baseball is a weird sport, but have they have good you know floors, I would say. And then you got a couple of guys that I'm like, oh, I, I'm intrigued. You could see what Will Brennan turns into in 2023 because the A's got outfield spots. Why not give him one of those? But coming up on the show, we're going to talk about how some other guys fit onto the roster. So we'll get into that here in just one second. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. Morocco! Oh, man, what a win by Morocco beating Portugal. I mean, I've, I've never really been a Cristiano Ronaldo fan. It seems like uh, nobody else is anymore either. So, yeah, Morocco. Loved it. Uh, good, good times from that game. Uh, thrilling action over the weekend, honestly, in all of these games. Uh, lots of fun to go around. England almost knotted it up with France there at the very end, but missed a bye that much uh world world cup soccer is one of my favorite events but anyways if you love sports podcasting and i'm guessing that you do because you're listening to one currently you can find those over at bet online as well uh they're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more because bet online that is where the game starts Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe on your favorite platform of choice. Uh, if that is YouTube, subscribe, like, comment below. Uh, that is always very helpful. What do you think about that Guardians trade that I just laid out for you guys? Let me know in the comments. Um, yeah, and also make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. Make sure to follow Inside the A's on Twitter and on Facebook so you never miss an article over there. It's more A's news and analysis for you guys coming to you every single 
single day, sometimes so many times a day. It depends on how much news there is and how many times I can break it down. But let's talk about some news that happened this past week where the A signed Jace Peterson. Well, they came to agreements with Jace Peterson and Aled Diaz, and then they also drafted Ryan Noda, a first baseman from the Los Angeles Dodgers, in the Rule 5 draft. So they made three additions to the roster, most likely. Uh, two of those guys are going to be in the majors, uh, assuming that everybody's healthy. So, uh, and then Ryan Noda is a Rule 5 pick, which means that he might not be in the majors, but that would mean that he's not with the A's anymore, but I think that he's going to be okay. We'll talk about him in the third segment. But let's talk about Jace Peterson and Aled Diaz for right now. I, I wrote this out, so if this is a lot of numbers, it's over at Inside the A's. Check it out over there. But I, I wrote out splits for both of these guys, where I think that they could fit in with guys that the A's currently have on the roster at different positions, where all of these guys play well or the best defensively. And uh, it kind of makes it so that the A's are okay, maybe, at a few spots. So, well, I mean, they're they're melding everybody together. They're coming up with, like, a mishmash of guys, and we're like, hey, we got some league average spots now. That's great. Uh, and I, I posted this article on Twitter, and somebody was like, so you're saying that they all suck. Uh, and that is actually not what I was saying at all in that piece. Uh, in fact, I was saying, hey, the A's are a little bit better, and these are nice signings. Sure. Um, I still don't know that I've actually seen the official uh, terms for Jace Peterson, but... I thought I saw something floating around that it was like uh, two for nine and a half, which sure sounds great. Uh, but I haven't seen that by like a confirmed source. It was in a discord chat. So <laughs> there was no sourcing involved. Um, but let's talk about Jace Peterson versus lefties. He hit 281 with a 343 on base, zero home runs. It was a very small sample size, but still. Uh, and also struck out 28.6% of the time. That is three points higher than he was against righties, which is still a little bit higher than the A's have generally been going after. But, hey, we'll see. Versus righties, he hit 230 with a 313 uh, on base. He had eight home runs, so all of his home runs. And then he struck out 25.6% of the time. So against righties, he didn't hit for the highest average. His on base was a little bit lower. Was also in a much bigger sample size, uh, and he struck out a little bit less. So that was that was good, and he also hit home runs. So there, that was solid. So I think that he plays third base against right-handed pitchers because uh, he was great defensively against you know not against righties, but uh, just great at third base defensively in 2022. I think that is probably where the A's saw that and were like, we can we can fit him over there a decent amount of the time and get seen some actual production out of third base this year, as opposed to like Kevin Smith and Ernie Clement and Vimeo Machine. They were like, oh, half the time at least we're giving it to Jace Peterson right here. Um, and I think that that's, that's good. That's a, that's a good spot to have an upgrade for a couple of years. Uh, does that mean that Zach Geloff is going to third now? I don't know. I... I don't know what some of these moves mean for the prospects. And, you know, Zach Galloff had been at second, at third. Where's he going to you know, end up? Not sure. We're going to find out. <laughs> but he, he's played both. Uh, so I think that he, uh, Jace Peterson plays third base against righties. And then, in an interesting move, um, Vimy Almachin and both, uh, both, sorry, both Vimy Almachin and Kevin Smith were kind of the front runners for third base uh, heading into the the offseason uh, for opening day of next year. But 
with the Jace Peterson signing, I, I think that only one of those guys is probably going to be on the big league roster, if any of them. And so if the plan is to platoon Jace Peterson with somebody, Jace Peterson is a lefty, Kevin Smith is a righty, and in the minors against lefties, Kevin Smith uh, hit 320 with six home runs and a 26.4% strikeout rate. Those are good numbers. Uh, granted, Pacific Coast League, and I know that he struggled very mightily in the majors, but I, I think that the A's are seeing what he did in that final month in September, and they're like, we got to give this guy a shot. Maybe maybe they see what happens in spring training. Maybe it's just Jace Peterson's job outright. I, I don't know, but... I could see a platoon being formed here with Kevin Smith and Jace Peterson at third base. And if that is the case, I don't think that he's that Jace Peterson, the, the $5 million man potentially, uh, sits on the bench during, you know, uh, when, when there's a lefty on the mound. No, 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 no. I think that uh, against left-handed pitchers, he actually moves over to left field. So he's not just always on the left side of the field, but he moves over to left field where I would have uh, Seth Brown playing and... Then, uh, then you got Seth Brown on the bench, which I know sucks, but it makes sense on the aggregate on the whole here. Because uh, Seth Brown against lefties in 2022, he had a great season. He had a great season. But he hit 174 with a 60 WRC+. plus. That is 40% below league average against lefties compared to a 129 WRC plus against righties. So, yeah, you want him in against righties for sure, but against lefties... Not great. He he made some, he made lots of strides, but I think that you could pick his spots a little bit more. If he's on the bench, you could bring him in to face a righty reliever in the right spot. Maybe he has some more big at bats as opposed to you know ro rolling one over against lefties. I don't know. Hey, but you also got to see how he does against lefties with the new shift rules too. So. We'll see how that goes. But uh, moving on to Aledmus Diaz here. So that that's what I got. I got against. Uh, We'll get, we'll get to it, Ledmus Diaz. Jace Peterson plays all the time in in, in my scenario here. Uh, he splits time at third base with Kevin Smith. He splits time in left field with Seth Brown. That's how I see it kind of going. Uh, it, also, it's December, so we'll see how it goes in spring training. Uh, but Ledmus Diaz versus lefties. He hit 267 with a 333 on base and a 766 OPS. Good numbers. Uh, versus righties, he had a 233 average. That's all right. But a 268 on base and a 659 OPS. So uh, that that on base, not great. I, I will say his best position defensively the last two years has been at second base. I think he's played like 250 innings combined the last two seasons. And he's produced three outs above average at uh, each season at second base. That's, uh, that's pretty solid. So I think that you have him at second base. You have Tony Kemp at second base, which is his best defensive position. Uh, he was, I think he had five defensive runs saved at uh, second base in 2022. And he played there like half the time. So yeah, you got the Keystone locked up. You got Nick Allen just doing everything, just a vacuum over at shortstop. And then you got some guys over at third base that can also pick the crap out of the ball. All of a sudden you got some some nice gloves. And then you got Ryan Noda just scooping balls up over at first. I love it. Uh, I think that the A's are focusing on defense. That's how you win some of these games is just playing sound defensively. And that seems to be what the A's are doing here. Um, Kemp had a 93 WRC plus against righties. So you could also sit Alemis Diaz against righties. Because uh, that 268 on base scares me a little bit. He also has a hard time staying healthy. So 
you want to limit his exposure a little bit. You want to get him out there when he's going to be good and then and then bring him back. Just bring him back so he doesn't get hurt. <laughs> you don't want anybody like sneezing on him or anything. Um, this also creates a little bit of an issue with Jordan Diaz, who had been playing a little bit of second base, um, you know, towards the end of the season. And I don't know that uh, he would have a spot on the A's opening day roster. He is one of the best pure hitters in the system. I know that. I am very excited about Jordan Diaz moving forward, but he needs a defensive position for the team. Uh, I would say just plug him in at DH. I don't care, but they want him to play a defensive position. So I think that he starts the season off in AAA, learns a defensive position. I don't care where it is. Throw him in left. I keep doing that. I just keep saying throw them in left because that seems to be the defensive scenario for a lot of players is just put them in left field and see what happens. Uh, outfield defense is fun. Um, so yeah, I think that that would be roughly what happens right now as the roster sits. Uh, coming up, we're taking a look at Ryan Noda and is he going to be platooning? Is he going to have the job outright? What does that mean for some other guys on the roster? We'll talk about that here in a second. Today's episode is also brought to you by Simply Safe. At Locked On A's, we believe home should be where you and your family feel safest, especially over the holidays. This season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system, Simply Safe. And right now, Simply Safe is offering Locked On A's listeners 40% off of a new security system, but don't put this off. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by US News and World Report a third year in a row. In an emergency, 24/7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify that the threat is real so you can get higher priority police response. Don't miss your chance to save big on my favorite's home security system. Get 40% off of any new system at simplysafe.com slash MLB today. That's simplysafe.com slash MLB. There's no safe like a Simply Safe. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace Podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show and you've made it this far, please leave us a five-star review on your platform of choice. Also, if you're on uh, YouTube, comment below because that helps the algorithm find us and helps A's fans like you also find the podcast on YouTube. Uh, make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm a by Jason B on Twitter. Inside the A's is where you can get all of your latest news, insight, and analysis from, from me. Uh, so go check out Inside the A's on Twitter and on Facebook at inside the A's. But let's talk about Ryan Nota here. Um, I'm excited about him, and it seems like the A's are also excited about him. They've asked for him in trades in the past, according to reports. Um, everybody reported that, so <laughs> I'm not going to single out anybody. But Melissa Lockard and uh, Martin Gallegos both had that, so uh, shout out to those guys. But uh, yeah, the A's wanted Ryan Nota. They asked for him in a slew of trades, including the Sheldon Noisy deal. Uh, and the Dodgers said, no, we'd rather have you wait two years and then get him for free. So how come they didn't get enough, Jim Bowden? That was a dumb move on their part. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we might have a new uh, a, a new segment called Duncan on Bowden because he has some fun takes that have given me content. So keep them coming, Jim. Uh, so anyways, uh, I, I think that he's going to make the team because the A's have wanted him for a while. And, uh, there's that. So, and with rule five picks, uh, 
they have to make the team or else they have to be uh, put on waivers. And if they clear waivers, then they have to be offered back to the uh, original team, which would be the Dodgers. And uh, I think that Ryan Noda is going to be good. Uh, also, Baseball Reference said that he would be one of the, you know, uh, he was a better first baseman than like 10 teams already had on their rosters. And these were probably one of those teams. So uh, he's already an upgrade over, uh, you know, what they had. So, and he just been languishing in the minor leagues. And now at 27 years old, he can make his big league debut and just start mashing baseballs for the Oakland A's. I love it. Uh, he doesn't really have any big splits. So I, I don't know that he's going to be a platooned guy. Um, I'm sure that we'll find something with him uh, as he develops at the big league level, and maybe you'd find some sort of a platoon partner for him. But I think that the, the bigger impact here is that uh, Dermis Garcia, uh, he, he could end up starting the season in Vegas or at DH, but he he has options. He has three options. He may end up starting the season in AAA uh, to work on strikeouts. And I wrote that on purpose uh, because I, I don't mean to to work on striking out more. I mean, he was striking out like just under 30% of the time at AAA, and then he struck out 44% of the time in the big leagues. He needs to not do that as much to be a successful big leaguer. And so I think that the A's could start him off in the minor leagues. Uh, be like, make some more contact, hit the snot out of the ball, but do it with contact. <laughs> and uh, I, I think that Dermis Garcia might be a little bit more of a work in progress in 2023 at the major. Maybe he's up and down a little bit, but I think that he might not be on the opening day roster because of the presence of Ryan Nota here. Uh, Seth Brown is the only other, besides Dermis Garcia, the only other first baseman that the A's had in 2022 that's still with the organization. And uh, I threw Seth Brown over in left field, so. Seems like Ryan Nota's got the job. I mean, Seth Brown can still play first base. It's fine. He wasn't great at it, you know, by the metrics. Uh, he was fine at it, but he wasn't great at it. Uh, so I think that, uh, I think it's Ryan Nota's job, really. Uh, Kevin Smith is, or sorry, Kevin Crone, not Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith was the last segment. He plays third base. Kevin Crone is on uh, with the A's on a minor league deal. I think that they're hoping that he recaptures some of his, uh, you know, success from Reno in 2019 when he was playing for his dad. Uh, and his dad is now the A's hitting, or one of the A's hitting coaches. Uh, I think he's the assistant coach, but still, uh, maybe that if he if he turns it around, uh, he's gonna be in the big leagues with the A's, and uh, maybe he's the DH. I don't know. I'm, I'm excited though. Um, so yeah, Kevin Crone is another option, and then Jonah Bride. He played good defensively at first base in like 20 innings. He had like a one DRS, I think, or a one OAA. I forget which one I was looking at, but yeah, he was fine. Uh, he needs to drive the ball a little bit more. I think that five of his 33 hits, I think those are the numbers, uh, went for extra bases. That's that's not a lot. So he needs to work on driving the ball a little bit more, I think, to really get more playing time at the big league level. We'll see what he does, though, because he, he brought his high contact profile with him to Oakland. Uh, he's, he didn't strike out a ton. He still walked a, a pretty decent amount. Uh, he has the profile there. He just needs to work on driving the ball a little bit, bit more. And then I think that he might actually have a spot on the A's roster and like a, like a, an everyday guy. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. He could be the, the new version of Chad Pender where we all want him to play more and uh, they, they don't do that. So we'll see. But that's all that I got for you guys today. Thank you so much for making Locked On A's your first listen of the day for your second lesson go check out the locked on sports today podcast i'm not even messing with the ad read today if you if you watched last uh last episode uh it did not load in time 
and I did not load it ahead of time this time. So, yeah, listen to the Lockdown Sports Today podcast. It, they have the latest news and stories and biggest news and stories that only Lockdown can provide from the local experts and the, and the people that do the news. Um, it's great. Uh, it, it's available wherever you like to hear podcasts on YouTube, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere, really. So wherever you're listening to this, go check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast hosted by, hosted by the very handsome Peter Bukowski. And since we're running over, um, I'm, I'm just going to give you guys a, a hot take on AEW real quick. One, are they signing Sasha Banks? I don't know. The rumors are heating up. But two, uh, during the, the Bet Online ad read a few episodes ago, I talked about Ricky Starks and MJF and that they were going to challenge each other for the, uh, the Dynamite Diamond Ring. And at some point, I knew that much. I'd, I'd seen that much of the, the most recent Dynamite. And I think that right now, that at winner is coming on Wednesday. They're going to face each other. MJF, it's his first title defense. He's going to win, obviously. But Ricky Starks, they don't want to bury him, though. So I think that he ends up winning the Dynamite Diamond Ring uh, whenever they face each other for that, and which would be a big achievement, I think. I think that would be a crowning achievement while not putting a title on him, putting the Diamond Ring on him. <laughs> Wrestling's fun. Um, would be a big thing because... MJF has been the only person that's held the Dynamite Diamond Ring for three consecutive years. And uh, to put that on Ricky Starks, I mean, it'd be kind of like the FTW Championship. But uh, still, it's something for him. And it would be a little bit of a crowning achievement while not putting him necessarily at the top of the heap. He'd be, he'd be on the heap, I think. So uh, Ricky Starks is fun. I like, I like him a lot. Uh, he really won me over when they went to Louisiana and he... Uh, he, he was a heel, and he cried uh, because every he was in his hometown, and everybody was so nice to him, and that made me happy. Um, so go Ricky Starks, big fan. Also, he was uh, doing the, the Undertaker rope walk at some point, and he pointed at, like, Jungle Boy's mom and was thrusting, and it was really funny to me. So um, gotta love Ricky Starks. He's, he's got the talent, you guys. Uh, can't wait to go to the show in Fresno. Anyways, that's all that I got for you guys today. Uh, tomorrow, I'm talking to Dominic Catronio. So uh, if you guys have any questions for Dominic Catronio, send them my way. and I'll, I'll read them first, and then I'll see if I want to ask him any questions for you guys. <laughs> Gatekeeping. But that's all that I got for you guys today. So until next time, go out and celebrate good times, Ace fans, and I'll talk at you tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs>